I actually feel like it's a more intriguing series without KD. The Raptors offense in that second half went through two impossible droughts. He is fragile physically and mentally. He is not that guy with the game on the line. Chris Broussard here, and welcome to the brand new Hoops on Fox podcast. This podcast will give you your daily dose of all things NBA from Fox Sports, including the best content from Skip and Shannon, Nick Wright, plus special guests, fresh NBA content from myself, post-game interviews from NBA stars around the league, and much, much more. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. All right, so let's talk about this. I, I said this. This is not a shot at the Raptors. Okay, this is not a shot at the Raptors. But this series now is Toronto against an MRI. That's what it is. Like last night to me, Chris, we established who the better team is. If you reverse the injuries, Kawhi can't play. Siakam uh, yeah, right. leaves in the third quarter. Like, if you reverse these injuries, these games aren't even competitive. There's really not another team in the NBA you could take away their best player, Kevin Durant. And then and have, have their and third have and their shot. fourth. Everybody's right. hobbled. Here's the thing, though. If Toronto goes on to win this championship, say Clay can't pay, it'll be terrible for us as fans. But say Clay can't pay, play, KD doesn't come back, and Toronto wins it. There are no asterisks by championship. I know, but it Detroit's first title, the Bad Boys, 1989, Isaiah Thomas, Joe Dumars. Magic Johnson played 75 minutes in that series. Byron Scott was out the entire series. We don't even remember that. They're champions, right? Uh, Golden State's first championship. With uh, Kyrie and Kevin Love. Got hurt. Right. Draymond getting suspended in 2016 for game five. So, there are no asterisks in championships. Yeah, it wouldn't be – it would be bad for us as fans to watch. It's not great for the league. But this is an argument, and they'll never do it because of the money, before like a 65-game season. Because we see this quite a bit, whether it's just the playoffs or the finals – where sometimes better players are out with injury. Embiid was hurt this year. Um, Paul George was not healthy in the playoffs. Chris Paul last year fell apart physically. These guys are gassed by the end. They've made, remember, the first round at one point was like best of three. Uh, Then it went to five. Now it's seven. I mean, and we're asking the stars to play in the Olympics. Like, at some point, you got to give these guys rest. And this is what happens when these guys overload their bodies. I mean, does you can make the argument. If Clay Thompson plays in game three, I think the Warriors win the series. I think they win both Assuming games. He's if he plays. If he doesn't, I'll take himself. Toronto in game three if Clay's not out. I mean, you're not going to beat Toronto. Toronto's a real team. You're not going to have no KD. No Clay Thompson. That You're not would be beating. incredible yeah, if they could. I don't think you can. I, yeah, I can't see that either. So, but here's my thing is, is, is did Toronto blow their chance last night in the beginning of the second half in that 18-0 run? Was that the finals? Well, look, I want to give Golden State all the credit for last night. Obviously, uh, there were some missed opportunities by Toronto, but Golden State was the epitome of next man up. You know, Boogie Cousins comes in. He was great. I was skeptical. When I saw they were starting him, I was like, what in the world is Steve Kerr doing? I thought that was the end of the ball movement. Defensively, I thought he'd be exploited. He was tremendous. His passing, his rebounding, even hit a big three. Like, Boogie Cousins was great. However, when you consider Klay Thompson misses the last eight minutes, you're only down seven 
when Klay Thompson goes out. You got eight minutes to catch that up. As you said, everybody in basketball knows the Warriors come out with a third-quarter surge. Yeah. And you're not prepared for it. They go 18-0. That's the biggest finals run since the merger in, 20, in, in 1976. <laughs> oh, it was wow. 20-0 considering the second quarter. So, yeah, I mean, they did miss a big opportunity. Now, if they were up 2-0, I would not say this series is over. Unless Clay and KD are never coming back. And Iguodala's hurt, too. Because, remember, this is the same team, the Warriors, that was down 3-1 to Oklahoma City, which had KD and Westbrook. So I still wouldn't have written off the Warriors. But, yeah, you're up 2-0. You're feeling much better about yourselves. I just throw this out in regards to Kawhi Leonard. His field goal percentage has gone down in every series. His knee is not good. And, you know, you've made some moves. Joy has, I have. When you make a, a move cross-country or to a different company, people tend to think you know a year out what you're going to do, and it just doesn't work that way. Right. It doesn't. You get out the yellow notepad, pro, con, <laughs> and I, I keep coming back to Kawhi Leonard, if the Raptors lose this series, Kawhi Leonard's reality is it's the same guys back next year, and we couldn't beat the Warriors, who were a hobbled mess, and I can't rely on a single player, and and we don't have any, you know, until Lowry and Ibaka's contracts come off the books. Which is 2020. 2020. Summer, right. And it's like, I, I look at Kawhi and I think, he, Kawhi's looking at his numbers. He's he's He gave you points last night, but he, he's he's shot. He looks exhausted. I think when the season ends and Kawhi goes back to his apartment for a couple of days before he goes back to L.A., his reality is, like, this is a one-man show on most nights. Well, look, I would say there are a lot of basketball reasons for him to stay. Because if you go to the Clippers... You're 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 likely to be the only superstar they get. Only they get. superstar, but they can't afford another star. Yeah, they can. They'll have extra money, but will they get somebody else? My thing is, if he goes to the Clippers, that's like Toronto West. They'll be great. They've got great role players around him. It'll be a to me, it's a very similar situation. So I think there are a lot of basketball reasons for him to stay. You mentioned Ibaka, Gasol. They come off the books in 2020. Right. So, I mean, granted, we know they're not a free agent destination. Does he want to do this, though, again next year? Well, here's Same the roster. thing. Here's the thing. A lot of people now are talking about maybe he takes a short-term deal. There's been reports even he stays in Toronto on a short-term deal. We saw LeBron do it, and, and you could say, oh, LeBron finally accepted a long-term deal with the Lakers, and now he's stuck. So maybe he wishes he had done the short-term deal. Kawhi's different. As physically tough, strong, imposing as he is, his body is fragile. We see it now. He does not look, as good as he's playing, he does not look like he has the explosiveness that he had early in the playoffs. And, and so his body, he's never played more than 74 games in his eight years. Good point. He's, he's only played more than 66 games twice. Thank you. Okay, so... He's already given up $30 million to leave San Antonio. He needs to secure the bag. Thank you. Like this, he needs to get, whether it's staying in Toronto and getting all the, you know, the, uh, the money or going elsewhere long-term to get those four years, 140, 150, whatever it is, he needs to do it because who knows how long. We're not looking at Iron Man here, Carl Malone or LeBron James. By the way, those numbers you point out um, are, are true. I I, don't, I didn't mention him, and it's a really smart point by you. 
You know the old saying, people will tell you who they are, believe them. Kawhi's going to give you about 70 games a year. He doesn't have LeBron's Superman body. He just doesn't. Colin, this is after 22 games of load management rest. <laughs> right. This is, this is after playing only nine games a year ago. So, no, he. we don't know how, as great as he is, we don't know that he's going to, five years from now, he's going to be ready for another max deal. Age-wise, you would think that. But his body looks like it's frail. Uh, I do not believe Golden State can win game three without Kevin Durant and without Clay. Um, let's say Clay returns. I think for everybody involved, the NBA, Kevin Durant's brand, the Warriors need Kevin Durant. I'm told you don't believe that. No, I mean, look, I, I, I would love to see Kevin Durant play just for his health. You hate to see anybody oh, be out yeah. with injury. But – I actually feel like it's a more intriguing series without KD. As long as Clay's healthy and Iguodala are healthy. Like, it, you take away either one of those guys, and then I think Golden State's just undermanned. But the, the great intrigue in this series is I want to see, can they win it without Kevin Durant? Or can they not? One or the other, do they need him or do they not need him? That, to me, is the biggest story. If Durant come, doesn't get hurt, comes into this series healthy, it's a four- or five-game series. It's what we've had the past few years against Cleveland. I, sure, I, certainly, too good. I certainly feel that after last night. Right. So, I actually – now, if Clay is out, we desperately need KD to come back because then – The series has no juice. the other way. But if Clay is healthy and Iguodala stays healthy, again, for K, I hate to see a player be injured. But I just – this is so intriguing. The storyline of can they win without Kevin Durant is just incredible to me. Let's move to Boogie Cousins. So, <clears throat> Boogie's always been one of the most skilled big guys in the game. He, he was a great high school player. He was a top recruit at Kentucky. Even when he came out of Kentucky, it was – he's a little bit of luggage he carries around, right. but the dude can flat out skilled. So, last night I'm watching him and I'm thinking – it reminds me of when a guy has a great Final Four and a bad NBA team reaches on a guy because he has a great Final Four. Go to his seasons at, you know, Vanderbilt right, right, or wherever. Right. And I like Chris Boogie. Wilcox, but I think okay. Boogie's reputation has been sealed in this league. But I watched him last night, and I thought, he got himself a contract somewhere. And I kind of think the Lakers aren't going to get any of these free agents, don't have the assets to get AD, I think he'll end up a Laker. From what I hear, the Lakers are not interested in him. That's what they say today. That's what I'm hearing right now, yeah. So we'll see. However, here, here's the deal, too. This is a series. This is what – this may be four to seven or five to seven games, okay? Right. That – he's still coming off the Achilles injury and a quad injury, a torn quad. So I don't think – I don't see a team saying we're going to give him a big contract. Now, maybe somebody will give him one year, $20 million. He'd have to take that. I get it. You need the money. But I think the best situation for Boogie is to go back to Golden State. Unless somebody gives him a great offer. Because, look, other teams also, Colin, Boogie's on his best behavior. Attitude, no problem, all about the team. He just wants to win this championship, all that. But because he behaves in Golden State doesn't mean other teams are going to feel he's going to behave where they're at. And I've talked to executives about that. Oh, you got to be on your best behavior in Golden State. You can't go there and disrupt that. But does that mean that if he's with us, he's not those old things, that baggage you talked about, the attitude, the selfishness, that that's not going to creep back up? So that's an issue. But I say 
win or lose this series, if Kevin Durant leaves Golden State, I could definitely see Boogie returning to the Warriors. Because here's the deal. They'll only have the mid-level exception offering. Right. Okay, a little over six, seven million, whatever. But if he doesn't get the big offer elsewhere, and I'm skeptical that he will, he can go to Golden State. He'll either be the second or third option. He's going to average close to 20 points, if not 20 or more points. They will have a chance to win a championship. That Give him all of next year. That's when he can restore his reputation. He'll still be maybe 30, 31 years old next summer, and then he can maybe get the big contract. think we're going to see KD on the court. Well, well, look, we saw him in the flip-flops. I wasn't that optimistic. You know, <laughs> I practice in the flip-flops. <laughs> I, I, I'll say game four. You know, obviously they need him. I mean, this team is being held together by masking tape. I mean, re- they're falling apart before. You know, we, we obviously know about KD. Iguodala struggles. Now Clay, Kevon Looney. I mean, and and they, they can't force KD out there. You would say, okay, if Clay can't go – for game three, or if he's hobbled, let's get KD out there. You can't play with this injury Mm-mm. for him as an individual with his free agency coming up, but also for the team. Because if you force him back early and then he get re-injures it's it. It's over. Yeah, so I would say game four, look, they're going to go out there and try to win game three. Obviously, they're going to have this next man up, strength in numbers mentality. But you wonder if this could end up being a, look, we're going to lose game three. Because if Clay can't play, mm-hmm. if KD's not back, but let's be ready for the next, what, four, three games or whatever mm-hmm. would be left. You know, four, five, six, seven. So um, this looks like it's going to be a long series. Uh, I would think that Toronto, we'll find out today about Clay's MRI. Yep. But um, one thing it showed me yesterday when they started uh, DeMarcus mm-hmm. Cousins, they're not playing, they're not buying into the whole. We, you know, the ball movement and player movement is better without KD and DeMarcus. It, it is, but they they want their all-star starting five. Right. The fact that they – I was shocked that they threw Boogie Cousins in there again. Right. And the fact that they did that shows you as soon as KD can play, as soon as he's ready, they're going to put him out there. They're not going to worry about what, what the, the series – or Right, the rust. <laughs> and and I, I cannot see Kev, Kevin Durant – coming back like Boogie did as far as he's only playing 12 minutes, only playing 18 minutes. Right. I think when Kevin Durant comes, he starts immediately, as he should, and he's like a focal point, and he's going to play close to 30 minutes, if not more. Like, that's what stars, superstars do when they come back. You rarely see them come back and be a role player. Yeah, build up. Um, for me, I don't think he's going to play. I think this is gamemanship that they haven't ruled in the series. In the series, wow. I, I'm looking at him <clears throat> move around in the tunnel. I'm watching him on the court for shoot around in those flip flops. Skip, that doesn't look like a guy that's going to be ready to play Game Three. I agree. That doesn't look like a guy that's going to be ready to play Game Four. Mm-hmm. Now I could be wrong. I'm not a doctor, but I'm just looking at the way he moves. Right. Skip, he don't even have on gym shoes. He's not even shooting. Because, uh, Steve Kerr said, "Well, you know, I, I think he's shooting on his own." He's throwing the ball because he doesn't want to get up on the toes to shoot a shot. And that's, that's true. the thing. I and agree. so I'm like, and y'all say he's going to be ready in two days? Mm. Nah, nah, I don't see that happen. Mm. Look, I believe that if they force him out there, there's a greater risk. Whatever the injury is, Skip, I don't, give, I don't know if they're giving us the full extent of the injury. 
But I believe if they force him out there for game three or game four, there's a greater risk that he re-injures whatever the injury is. And he has free agency looming. With the Warriors, he can sign five for 221. Or anywhere else, he can go four years at 64, 164. Mm-hmm. I don't, now for me, to leave 57 million on the table, that's asking an awful lot for a mm. guy. But, Skip, I don't well, know. What if I were to tell you about Anthony Davis and your Pelicans, mm. that you're leaving that same amount on the table? Well, that's okay. What, what about Kawhi? Okay. Leaving 80, you know, if you go all the way back to San Antonio, right. well, 30 to leave there, well, here's 50 the to leave is. Toronto. San Francisco is <clears> nice to be. They got water, you know what I'm saying? They got Silicon Valley. They got it all. So, it's a great place. And, and he's heavily mm. invested. He is heavily I don't really invested. know how heavily invested AD is, is in the community. And, in New Orleans. But well, that was. Not, he used but that's not here though. We're not talking about that. We don't want he don't want his smoothies anymore. He's tired of smoothies. Yeah. You done try to seduce him with smoothies. We talking <laughs> oh, about Kevin I don't Durant. Think so. I we just try to talk about Kevin Durant. I don't believe <clears throat> Kevin Durant plays in game three or game four. I am leaning toward you on this one. The signs keep telling me no, no, no. He's just they're just gamesmanshipping mm-hmm. the opposition, trying to make him worry about well, should we prepare or not for him? I don't even know how Golden State prepares for both him and DeMarcus back in the lineup. It's just crazy. Yes. It's so hard on a basketball team. You know, the right. psyche and the right. flow. and the They were in such a great rhythm against Portland, obviously, and going back to the last two games against Houston. Mm-hmm. And, and to throw these two huge weapons back into the offense, and they're both ball dominant. And remember, DeMarcus Cousins has been – among the, I think he finished second one year in usage rate in the league. It's unbelievable. Right. The ball has to go through him. Oh, yeah, yeah. And after yeah. a while last night, it was going through him on every yep. possession. Okay, there's a big game being played above the game. And Kevin won't like that I'm going to say this, but he has to have, as he watches in the locker room, I still don't know why he won't just put on civvies and go down there and just sit on the bench with his teammates and contribute to the huddles or clap his hands or scream something at Drake or, you know, do something <laughs> to contribute on the floor because he just stay. Have you ever heard of anybody just stay in the locker room? I've never seen it before. But he comes out in the tunnel when they're coming up the tunnel yeah. at halftime and after the game. Okay, here's the game within a game, and this is what Kevin won't like. He has to have, watching TV in the locker room, mixed emotions about what's happening because he is human, and you've brought this up, and he took you to task for it, but, <laughs> but he's got to be rooting for his teammates, and then there's this little tiny part in the back of his mind that's rooting against his teammates because his legacy is on being. the table, right? He's human. And I get it. You know, all your better judgment, your, your, your better instincts tell you, I'm for my guys, and I, I love to see my guys gut it out last night and win that game. But if they had lost that game, it puts you in the power position, yeah, man. Yeah, right? Yeah. For me, Skip, I believe if Kevin Durant's playing, the Warriors are up 0-2 anyway. If Kevin Durant's the Warriors up 2-0? Yo, do, do, yeah, yeah, they're up. The Warriors would be up on the Raptors. Okay. All right. They would be absolutely. Okay, up. so if he's playing, so you're saying it would just be business. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah nobody, four or five yeah, games. Yeah, no, yeah, nobody would yeah, care. It'd just be yeah, another. Yeah. Yeah. Look, there's no question that this series has a lot more juice. Just, and, and again, you, you hate because it's unfortunate for KD to Because KD's not there. But now there's really a question is who's going to win? Yeah, with, Which with Clay, wouldn't with, exist before. With Clay, KD being injured, Kevon Looney. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got – at some point in time, you can't keep winning final game, Skip, with your third, fourth, with your fifth, sixth, and seventh options playing major minutes. Okay. All 
right, Antoine, break down that final possession for me. What did you make of Iggy having the ball and what he decided to do with it? It comes down to a team that's been there before, players that's been in the finals before, and you saw the inexperience come out with the Toronto Raptors. For them not to get a foul yes. in front of that bench, I mean, it's ridiculous. You have to get a foul right there. And you can see Nick Nurse, you know, and the coaches telling them to foul, but nobody on the floor picks this up. The thing, it reminded me, and it's maybe not as serious, but it reminds me of the J.R. Smith play, that guys don't understand the time and situation. You got to know the game when you're out on the floor. Somebody on that floor should know that they needed to foul. Obviously, you don't want to foul Steph Curry, but anybody else touches that basketball, you have to put that on. You have to foul them. And they came up short. Those plays right there cost you the finals. Those are the type of games that, that cost you the whole series because you can't recover from that when you work so hard to get back in the game and not to give yourself an opportunity at the end of the game for them to be the one to make free throws. Um, it hurts because you don't know what could have happened. They got the ball in the right people saying Sean Livingston had it right there. Then you got Andre Iguodala right there. Two yes. guys that are not great free throw shooters, and they came up short. So I don't know. Um, you know, you watch Nick Nurse's interview, and he kind of like kind of act like it wasn't a big play in the game. It was right. a huge play because you had an opportunity where you didn't play particularly well in the fourth quarter and had a chance to make it a one possession game and blew it. Most of the time, you don't want the game to boil down to one play. And Nick Nurse, I thought he did a good job in the press conference after the game avoiding it as if to make it a big deal because you can make your players look bad. Because coming out of the huddle, this is what they told him. We're going to try to go for the steal. We're going to double-team Steph, try to get the ball out of his hand. All right, once he gets out of his hand, we don't get the steal. We're going to foul. If you can foul Iggy, if you can foul Sean Livingston, foul them. And you can see with 16 to 18 seconds, when Sean Livingston gets the ball by the bench, you can see the coaching yes. staff, to your point, yes. telling them to foul him. And then once the ball gets reversed around, then they're, now you're playing just for one play. You're playing for him to miss that shot, you to call timeout, race down, and to be able to make a buzzer beater. But no, let's make the game longer. Foul them there. Lemons is not a clutch player. He's not used to being on the court shooting free throws. In his 15-year career, I guarantee we can go back, and I guarantee he don't have a bunch of, in the last minute of the game, how many free throws did he win to build, try to extend those the lead. Those would have been the biggest free throws of his career. Those would have been among, if not the biggest free throws of Draymond's career. I, if you're down three, they're down two. If you're down three in that spot with a four-second differential, you can make the argument you don't foul. Because then they only need to make one to make it a two-possession game. I still would foul, but you can make the argument. But down two, everyone has to know you play exactly this defense. You trap Steph, force the ball out of his hands, and hope he gives it up. That, that ball went to Draymond, then Livingston, then back to Draymond. Steph touches it, then back to, uh, then to Livingston, back to Iggy. You had five opportunities to foul someone who the odds are is not going to make both free throws. So the Raptors screwed that up. And then I felt like the Warriors gave them a chance because I don't think Iggy's supposed to take that shot. I think Iggy is either supposed to wait longer. If he wants to, it's a little risky. But Draymond's so far out of the frame, he's almost behind half court. You'll see him. You'll see it over here. If he just throws a pass up to Draymond, Draymond can take all the time, and then all he has to do is draw iron, and the game's over. I didn't think that was a good shot by Iggy, but he made it, so it's an all-time great shot. <laughs> it's a, it was a bad shot. Was, you got it. In that situation, Andre Iguodala, he should dribble it out right there. He can hold it. Either, even if he tucks it, you got to hold it. They didn't even come 
running after him. He could have probably ran the whole clock out with the ball in his hands. If you really look at that play, they never come, they never come chase Andre Iguodala at all. He could have held the ball if he wanted to. It's a bad shot that went in, and you know it, those are the moments you live for. You can't get mad. Right. It's nothing. Steve Kerr, they're gonna talk about it. It's gonna say it's a great shot, but no situations. And you don't think he would make that type of mistake, being that he's been in the finals as many times as he has MVP of the finals. You don't think he would make that mistake, but he made the shot, so you make up for it. So let's talk about the rest of the game. Clay got hurt in this game. Kevon Looney got hurt in this game. Steph Curry had a real tough time right off the bat. I don't think he scored for the first, whatever, six mm -hmm. minutes or whatever it was. They went on a couple of runs back and forth. Despite all that, how did the Warriors win this game? I think first you got to start with the adjustment of starting Boogie Cousins, I thought was huge, mm -hmm. to give him an opportunity. And, Chris, you understand, anybody that's been hurt, especially in your leg, you, you take the warm-up to get loose and get yourself together. And coming off the bench, I think, Nick, you talked about this, it's hard for any player to come off the bench. I think when he started them, it gave him a confidence, a certain swagger. Now he's back in the starting mm -hmm. lineup. I thought he played great. I think also Clay Thompson heard some of the rumors that he needs to pick it up. Oh. He was ultra-aggressive early yes. on, trying to get his shot. <laughs> Making tough shots. Yes, he was. You saw that in the first quarter, keeping this team in the game when Toronto was making their run early on. And then the adjustments. I think Steve Kerr did a terrific job. We talked about him playing so many guys, but he played 11 guys and got production out of 10 guys, scored the basketball. And then, obviously, you can see a team that's been to the finals in, in that, that core group. I mean, you got 34 assists. I mean, the way they move the basketball, the way they share it, all those things played a big part in why Golden State was able to win this game. To me, Boogie Cousins, too, and it took over in the second half. In the first half, he was spot duty, played five minutes first quarter, five minutes in the second quarter. But in the second half, where they needed an offensive punch, passing the basketball to be able to let them be able to run their system, to me, that was the biggest difference. They're assisting. 38 field goals, 34 assists, had 22 field goals the second half. I know you don't know nothing about this because you shoot the basketball. 22 field goals the second half, all assisted on. It's unbelievable. That's teamwork to make the dream work. That's also championship experience, but it's relying on your teammate for his skill level. And for this moment, Boogie Cousins, the biggest of his career, he was outstanding. It's the highest assist percentage in a playoff game, Chris, in 20 years. I mean, you 34, 34 of 38 is almost impossible. To go 100% in the second half, it's truly unheard of in a playoff game, much less an NBA Finals game. But the, ever, the people are going to point out two separate moments in this game. The 18-0 run to start the second half, and then the drought at the for the second half of the fourth quarter, I'm, I'm going to key in on a different moment. The Raptors were up 11 with 100 seconds left in the first half with the ball. If they go into halftime with a 13-point lead, with a 14-point lead, things are so different. If they can just keep the double-digit lead like they had in game one, 10-point lead at the halftime. Instead, they had, a few, they had empty possession after empty possession, and the Warriors all of a sudden go on a quick little 9-3 run to where they went into halftime, I'm sure, thinking, man, nobody other than Clay is playing great, mm -hmm. and we're right there. We're two possessions down with, with the ball to start the third quarter, and that to me is what propelled them on that run. And on that run, Chris, you mentioned this earlier, you thought Nick Nurse took a timeout a few possessions late. He waited until it was a 14-0 run to take that timeout. Maybe a more seasoned coach and experienced coach at 7-0 recognizes, guys, this could get away from us quick. He waited a little bit, and it, at that point was already away from him. Somewhere. I just thought he should have called a timeout because they couldn't make a shot. I would get me out of bounds, call me a good play to be able to get me a good play. look to try yep. to get something me to a basket. bucket. Yep, something to the basket. Well,
last night more about Golden State or more about the Raptors? Be honest. It was more about the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, give those guys credit. They they showed it. And, and Clay mentioned this, Skip, even though they lost. He says, I, I think we'll back, back, back bounce back and show the character of a champion. That was after game one. After yep. game one mm-hmm. loss. Yep. Uh, Draymond was unbelievable again. He was one assist away from a triple-double. Was. Uh, Steph played with Steph. Boogie Cousins gave him tremendous minutes mm. after only playing, what, eight minutes in game one and really being a non-factor. 11, 10, and 6, he played really, really well. Mm. Iggy did Iggy. If you notice, Skip, they did something. They switched it. Now, all of a sudden, they don't put Iggy on, on um, Kawhi. They let Clay take Kawhi. Some, some, not all, but but some. It was more and more clay. Yeah. I agree. Yes. Until he goes down and out. But Skip, I think the biggest thing what happened was in game was in, in the first quarter. Because Toronto really had it going. And no one can make a shot for the Warriors except one guy. And he was the guy that kept them attached. And that was Clay. He was sensational. I mean, there were times that they passed in the ball and the ball had barely touched his hand mm-hmm. and it was up in the air. And it was 4-3. Somebody picked Clay to be the MVP of the series, but I don't know who that was. Wait, wait, hold on. You know, I forget. It's, it's not your turn. It's you know, my, it's okay, my turn. go ahead. This is about the Warriors Thank right you. now and Clay yep. keeping them attached. Mm. And I thought another thing that they did, Skip, even though they were not getting shots to fall, they found a way to get to the free throw line. They shot 13 free throws in the first quarter. They shot 19 in the first half. Mm-hmm. And missed, missed three, but go they, ahead. They, they missed three. Mm-hmm. But they, they were able to get cheap points and keep themselves to keep the Raptors from running away from this ball game. Because the crowd was electric early. They had shots falling. Kawhi was doing what Kawhi was doing early on. And so he's like, okay, okay. But Clay's like, nah, I'm not going to let you guys run mm. and hide. And it was, was what? Was it killing you? You just thought, you, you got it? You got it? You no, don't I didn't. No, I didn't got it. Because right. I, I've, seen, I've seen this before. I remember watching this like play over like game three last year. Clay and Steph are cold and KD can't miss. And they're, even though they're up big, you're like, man. I don't feel comfortable. Mm. And I'm sure the Raptors and their fans felt the very same way Mm -hmm. as I'm feeling sitting there watching the game, knowing that a game that you're up three or four, you really should probably up by double digits, considering how poorly they're shooting the ball from the field. But Clay kept them attached, and then Steph all of a sudden found a way to get to the free throw Mm -hmm. line. And what was it? Late, what, three minutes, four minutes left in the second half, I mean, second quarter, before Clay scored, I mean, Clay, Steph scored his first basket Mm -hmm. from the field. Yep. And then he goes then, boom, 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 boom. And then the next thing you know, so you're feeling it's good. Only at, five and a half. Mm. That was at 1.12. Mm-hmm. And that's what they do. That's what's so demoralizing, yep. Skip, is that you have an opportunity. You're like, we're up 10, we're up 12, we're up 15. And we're two minutes from the half. We're about to go into the half with a double-digit lead, feeling mm-hmm. really good about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, no, you're not. You're going into the half with a five-point lead. And the Warriors are saying, as bad as we played, yep. As good as they played, they're only up five. Mm. Let's make this run. And we mm. saw what happened in the second, start the second half. Mm. You finished? I'm finished. Good. It's my turn. <laughs> you actually made a few good points that I'm going <laughs> to give you. But you obviously missed the biggest point, which I will get to in just a moment. But my favorite postgame quote came from the mouth of Steph Curry, who said, our DNA showed up. They got championship metal. Whatever you want to call that stuff that's inside them, it just manifested itself right on schedule when they were 12 points down. Obviously, DeMarcus Cousins saved them, saved the whole night after Kavon Looney went down. Yes. And in some ways, I think 
Kavon Looney is even more valuable than DeMarcus because Kavon Looney is a much better pick-and-roll defender than yes. DeMarcus, and he's a much better pick-setter than DeMarcus. But DeMarcus can flow with the basketball. He can steal the basketball. And a better and rim can, protector. And he can rim protect, boogie. and he can rebound. He's yeah. just he's a mountain of a man, and he withstood. In fact, you look at your Gasol stat sheet. He just erased Gasol last night. So I will give you that, but th that was the, the miracle is that DeMarcus Cousins has returned from a torn quad, not a ruptured, but a torn quad, just seven weeks after he did that on April 15th. That's a miracle. But the painful irony is that number two is now in Toronto simply because a year ago he missed 73 games with a bruised quad. So one guy has a torn quad and miraculously returns to play 28 minutes last night. And, and wait a second, number two misses 73 games with a bruised quad? And, and finally, San Antonio is forced to throw up their hands, if not their lunch, and say, okay, we got to ship him okay, out. Look, right? I thought that, that was okay. not the question. Okay, well, I'm just saying that's the great irony to me. The, the subplot of the game is DeMarcus somehow miraculously returns just seven weeks after he well, maybe, tears his quad. Maybe he had a severe strain. Oh, well, maybe. But I've, I've never seen anything like it. It's like a go figure to me. One well, guy, sometimes, one guy. sometimes a high ankle sprain is okay. worse than a broken ankle. You know that, Skip. Okay, and then to finish your positive points, obviously Clay was sensational. Clay goes down. And our man Quinn Cook, who loves Undisputed, our man Quinn Cook makes three huge threes, and he stepped right into them and all guts them right down the drain, yeah, right? Yeah, three times. Those were huge. That fill, helped fill the clay void. And then how about my man Iggy? Was that not a dagger of a three? Are you surprised because he was a finals MVP? Right. He's got championship right. DNA running through him. Right. If you dare him to shoot that shot, he will take right. and he will make, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, that's all the good stuff that happened last night, but now let's get to what really happened last night, or should I say did not happen. Because despite all of the above, the Golden State Warriors won game two without scoring a single point from the 539 mark of the fourth quarter all the way down to seven seconds. So they go five and a half crunch time, clutch time minutes, five and a half minutes, they don't make a free throw. Mm -hmm. They score zero. Mm -hmm. This is the highest scoring team in the NBA this year. They score zero from 539 all the way to seven seconds, and they stole game two. Why was that, Mr. Sharpadamas? Why was that? You know why it was. It was because number two came up small in game two down the stretch. He puts up great stats. What was he, 34? And said, we're going to talk about that a little 34 later. 34 and 14. 34 and 14. Okay, I give you all that. But the point is, I keep telling you, he is fragile physically and mentally. He is not that guy with the game on the line. All right, so you say, what went wrong for the Raptors last night? Well, a number of things went wrong. Um, Golden State, which I believe they kind of lucked into this because of injuries. When you get Looney, who gets hurt, their backup center, who's probably played more minutes than any other center that they have, that Steve Kerr decides that I'm going to go Boogie Cousins and Bogut, which made their lineup 
a lot bigger, and it hurt um, Toronto as their bigs played a lot be uh, better than Toronto's bigs. In that third quarter where they couldn't hit a shot, I can understand. You talk about the crowd. The coach at that point had an opportunity, too, to be able to call a timeout. I thought he missed an opportunity to be able to stop a rally there, but it's about shooting the basketball. We can go up and down the lineup. Oh, this guy got hurt. This guy got this. They didn't shoot the basketball. 37% from, um, from field goal percentage, 28 from three. You are not going to beat Golden State when they beat you by 10 percentage points in both categories. So we can talk about a lot of the other things. They took care of the ball enough. They rebounded the ball. They got on the fast break just enough, not, not as much as game number one, probably six points less than game number one. But you, if you don't shoot the basketball against the Warriors, because you'd have to be happy after two games, keeping them to 109 game number one, 109 in right. game number two. Shooting the basketball, to me, was the biggest reason why they lose game number two. And, I mean, that's the, it's the – you can look at it as the Raptors offense fouled them or the Warriors defense played much better. It's honestly probably a combination of both because, as C just mentioned – Golden State has scored the exact same amount of points in each game. The difference is the Raptors offense in that second half went through two impossible droughts. They went through the drought to start the third quarter, which was six-plus minutes without a point, and the Warriors were on the longest run in NBA Finals history, at least since the merger, an 18-0 run, a 20-0 run if you extended the very end of the first half. And then there was another drought for Toronto from F around five minutes left until that Danny Green three, nobody hit a shot on either side. Toronto had executed this box and one defense once Clay went out that clearly was giving Golden State trouble, mm -hmm. and they had opportunity after opportunity to make an eight-point game a five-point game, to make a seven-point game a four-point game, and they just couldn't capitalize. It wasn't until there was a minute left when they got some free throws. Steph gets just an indefensible technical by him that you have to know not in that situation. And then they get an off, a couple offensive rebounds lead to the Danny Green three that all of a sudden it's a two-point game. But Golden State, after taking control the entire second half, was it felt like they were teetering if Toronto could just hit a few of those shots. If, if Kawhi, yes. as, as great as he's been in this playoff run, came in in the fourth quarter and he's one of six from the field in the fourth quarter. If he makes some shots, if Van Vliet hits one of his key threes, we might be talking about something different. The Warriors' defense had something to do with that. The Raptors' missing shots I, had something to do I'll with that. I'll say the Warriors' defense was a little more engaged, but they had nothing to do with those wide open shots they missed. On that 18-0 run, that was not defense. They had Nick Nurse, I can guarantee you, if you tell him we're going to get the same shots in game three, four, and five, they'll sign up for it. They won't practice. They won't do anything. We will take the same opportunities shooting the basketball as bad as they did and still having a chance at the end. That part right there was hard to believe. Nick Nurse actually said after the game, we just stopped being physical during that 18-0 run. We stopped pressing the way we were supposed to but it seems like with Toronto's role players either they all show up or they don't show up after Siakam's great game one didn't have a great game two Kyle Lowry fouling out you can't leave it all up to Kawhi Leonard to have to I mean he did put up 34 points but to to carry this team to victory yeah. Siakam you have a, a, a legitimate excuse and Draymond Green said in the press conference game number one it's my responsibility to slow him down I would do that in game number two didn't let him get out on the fast break so Who's going to be their number two score? Van Vliet. He's going to be their number two score. Kyle Lowry, to me, has been very disappointing. Not only in this game, but the last three games. 16 fouls. Fouled out in this game. So what people don't realize is when you accumulate all these fouls, 
not only do you move them closer to the bonus, they're a great free throw shooting team, but it affects how you play defense. It affects now how your teammates have to play defense because you're closer to the bonus. So for me, as smart as he is as a player, he has not played smart in the last three games. Six fouls in this game, five fouls, which limit him in game number one where he only scored seven points. And in the last game against uh, Milwaukee, he had five fouls in that game, which hurt their defense. Kyle Lowry's got to be better than that for the Raptors if they're going to win this series. And on the play Kyle Lowry fouled out on, see, he's 90 feet from the basket trying to steal it from Boogie One Cousins. of many dumb fouls that he's made in this playoff run. Right. I mean, that, that, that's, that's a bad foul if you have one foul. It's it, You can't – when you know you have five fouls, and then Lowry thought he got him clean, but that's the type of play when you come violently slapping down, that's the type of play that – it very It's very rare. You have to get it perfectly clean right in front of the ref. But the other element to it is one of the reasons the Raptors are getting these open shots is the Warriors continue to sell out on Kawhi. And it is working. Kawhi has been brilliant from the free throw line. He's 26 of 28 from the free throw line. In this series, he has 26 points from the free throw line and 27 points from the field. He's, he's made 13 field goals of 34 attempts in this series. So even though 34 points last night, I think the Warriors were probably pretty satisfied with what they did on Kawhi, and they're going to force the other Raptors to hit shots. Everyone's going to focus on that 18-0 that run. But once Clay went out, that's, Clay went out and Kawhi checked in. There's eight minutes left in the game. Toronto's down seven. If Toronto's offense engages or can start hitting shots at that moment, it's a different result. They, they had two droughts that cost them the game, the beginning of the third quarter and the end of the fourth quarter when the Warriors were also going through a drought of their own. Toronto couldn't take full advantage.